I don't know, man. I, I can't complain. I'm sitting here looking for things to complain about. I really just can't. <laughs> I just can't. That was that was impressive. I know. I know. I know it's the Cubs, and you're going to hear people say that. You're going to hear people say, oh, who cares? It's the Cubs. They dropped 18 runs on the Cubs. You don't see other baseball teams drop 18 runs on anybody often. Okay, so you can say it's the Cubs if they beat them 2-1 to one in 13 innings like the first game of the set. Yeah, sure. They beat a baseball team 18-4. to four. Hell of a series. Another sweep. How many do we have now? I don't know. Let's talk Yankees, man. Episode 379. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. Let's get into it. This is RJ Carbone, and you're listening to BD4. Dexterity as well with the left hand. What's happening, everybody? <clears throat> what is going on? I'm your host, RJ Carbone, and you are listening to episode 379 of BD4. Welcome, I'm your host, RJ. BD4, welcome to BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. We do Yankees every series, Knicks every game, MMA on weekends. And let me tell you, that 275 card was, was, that was labeled by a lot of people the best card of the year. And I can't disagree with that. Um, unfortunately, I was, you know, busy. So I didn't get to watch the prelims or any of the first. Well, I, I saw like the, um, I didn't see any of the prelims. I saw the main card, but the first one. First one I did not see on the main card, but I saw the rest of the four. And it was awesome. I mean, shit. And we'll talk about it. We'll probably have a recap episode out this week. I know we haven't talked MMA on the show here in quite a while. So we will, we, you know, if I can get hopefully at least one guest, there's a chance we can get two on um, sometime in the midweek, maybe later this week, have an MMA episode recap in 275. But we're not here tonight to talk 275, to talk UFC. We're here to talk Yankees, man. And wow. I mean, you know, there's not much I can... Again, I, I can't complain. And if you complain legitimately right now, you're just looking for something to get pissed off about. Kind of like Clint Frazier. For some reason, Clint Frazier's just going to be bitter nonstop. Now, when Clint Frazier, man, when he first came up to the Yankees... When he was first traded here from Cleveland... 
You know, I was like, yeah, I love this dude. I love his energy. I love that swagger. He's kind of got that asshole vibe to him, and I think we need a guy like that. I loved it. But the thing is, he didn't perform. Like, he had a good season to start. He started out well. But as he went on, he had some opportunities to show what he had, and he couldn't get it done. And he remained to talk and be cocky. And it wasn't like team cockiness. It was just cockiness about himself. It always seemed to be about himself. He brought himself up. He always brought himself up as the subject. So it was a different kind of cockiness, a little, kind of different kind of edge, that asshole vibe, a different kind of that. Not like you see with Donaldson. You know what I mean? His edge is about the team. And the reason I bring up Clint Frazier and, and how much I'm starting to hate him, um, unfortunately, is because, well, he, he's, he's been bitter. Uh, lately again, and he was there is that comment I don't know if anybody else saw about him being this cookie cutter for the Yankees, whatever the fuck that means. But basically saying how he's happy, and this was funny because he got cut right after he said this. Um, he's so happy in Chicago. He's he's in a new organization, an organization that's not controlling and doesn't tell him how to dress, how to act, and obviously referring to some of the Yankees as you know traditional old school rules of. Uh, clean shaven and having your hair cut a certain length and all that and like <clears throat> excuse me and I saw that and I laughed but then I also saw that he was literally DFA'd he was cut by the Chicago Cubs not long after that statement came out I believe which is just comical hilarious and you know it's like that's what you get you're over there touting yourself up who you haven't done shit in the majors yet. You're a terrible hitter so far. You're on a terrible team. And here the Yankees are enjoying life with, you know, a pace of 120 friggin' wins, whatever it is now. Oh, I'm sorry. That dropped to 116 or something. But, um, and it's like you get cut right after that. So, so you know, that happened. I saw the graphic and I just continued to laugh at shit like that. Um, but yeah, it's like, really? And then the Cubs Twitter, this is a little different subject, but speaking of like social media and shit, this was like, they, they embarrassed the shit out of themselves, huh? Holy cow. So was it in the middle game or was it the first game? Maybe the middle game. It was the middle middle game, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, the Yankees were hitting some home runs and Stanton hits a deep, deep fly ball to center field. It gets to the warning track, maybe just before the warning track, whatever. Um... I think it's Ian Happ in center field, whoever it was, catches the ball. Not a home run. And the Cubs' <clears throat> Twitter account tweets. I told myself I'd, I'd stop using that word because I hate using that word. It just sounds so feminine. Um, they tweet. Um, they put out a post saying, Yankees fans think every hit is a home run, which is kind of true because if you've ever been to Yankee Stadium, a simple pop-up to shortstop will get the entire crowd on their feet. But that's a good, I guess that's a good thing. But, you know, they're trying to... Uh, friendly troll. And then really, like, right after that, the Yankees go and just bludgeon the, the Cubs pitching and blast six solo home runs in a row. Um, not in a row, but six solo home runs uh, unanswered. And the Yankees reply. Something, like, witty. But it, it was... Just, and there were using, and then there was the you know the whole thing about the short porch came up again, and it's just like, is this thing ever gonna go away? Are people ever going to learn and, and ever going to use logic? 
and I've ranted about this plenty of times before to a point where I'm not going to get into it again, but bottom line, you play at that same park. And also, if we're going to use that excuse for when the Yankees hit a home run and we're going to feel sorry for ourselves, then you know what? I'm going to start using that excuse whenever a Yankee pitcher allows a home run and say, well, he pitched better than he pitched because the short porch, so it doesn't count. Like, it's the most pathetic bullshit excuse. And, and I'm noticing that only the bad teams are using that excuse, right? You had Chris Woodward and his Rangers use it, and now you're going to have your little Cubs fans and, and whoever um, using it. It's 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 so old, and I'm so tired of it. Um so, yeah, the Yankees swept the shit out of the Twins. Um, good series. Uh, the middle game was on Apple TV. No, it was on Amazon Prime uh, video, Prime video. And, um, you know, our pal John Smoltz, who Yankees fans just love because, I don't know, I guess he's bitter about them because of the World Series and shit. But, like, I don't find him that bad. And I actually did agree with many of his talking points on Saturday after Saturday night. Um, you know, he made a good point, John Smoltz did, about like exit velocity. And basically, to summarize it without getting too deep into it, because I want to get to the series, but he was saying like exit velocity doesn't really, it doesn't take into account strikeouts. Like it's supposed to be exit velocity, what it is, is the speed that the ball comes off of the bat. So if you strike out, technically that's zero exit velocity, but they don't account that in there. They only count contact. So if you're trying to get a good idea, he's been saying like they should have a, a side stat of if you want a legitimate idea of how good a hitter is and you want to factor in luck and all that, then factor in strikeout. So it kind of goes back to what we always say about Gallo and what we've said about Sanchez is that it's, you know, when they hit hard outs, You'll always hear the nerds bring up, well, they're just unlucky. That's it, bottom line. But it's like, no, you forgot the fact that these guys strike out in a third or more of their plate appearances. And that's never factored into the hard hit percentage and the exit velocity because swinging and missing is 0% uh, or is 0 miles an hour. They're not going to put that in there. So he made a good point about that all. And I agree with that. And I agree with the... It's kind of talking about how the Yankees have gone home in the playoffs recently because of their lineup being very hit or miss, hot and cold, strikeout, home run. And I agree with that. Uh, apparently, Yankees fans didn't like that, but it, it was the truth. And I have to say, I, I, yeah, I did very much agree. But let's talk about the series. Um, just, yeah, those are just a few things I wanted to bring up that were on my mind entering this episode. Um, so we got that out of the way. Let's talk. Um, before we do, guys, welcome to the show. If you are new to the podcast, be sure to subscribe. Um, BD4 is located on many platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, to listen to it, to watch the podcast. If you want to find me on social media, you can find me on Facebook, r.j.carbone, and on Instagram, at Rob J. Carbone. You can also follow along with the blog that I write, I write for ultimatesportsnetworks.com. If you go there and you put into the search bar the Bomber Bacher blog, that is the Bomber Bacher blog, you'll find my blog where I write content about the Yankees and Knicks. And when you do that, when you go to ultimatesportsnetworks.com and you put the Bomber Bacher blog into the search bar on the page, be sure to subscribe to the Bomber Bacher blog using promo code 6A28. 
four one E R J C. That is six A two eight four one E R J C. That's promo code six A two E four one E R J C. This way you get a discount twenty percent off your subscription and ten percent off all merchandise. And that being said, let's get into the episode. Uh, let's get to a quick break really briefly. When we get back, we'll talk Yankees with you. Let's get to it. Alright, welcome back to the show. You are listening to episode 379 of BD4. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. As I am recording, it is Sunday night, Sunday, June 12th, and it should be late Sunday, June 12th as you're listening. If not, it should definitely be Monday, June 13th, the latest, while this episode is out. Um, The latest that this episode will be released. So it's either going to be released on the 12th of June or the 13th. Sunday, June 12th, 2022, as I record. All right, let's talk about it because uh, we had a, you know uh, three different types of games. Um, well, I guess two different types of games. The final two games were blowouts, but you know, different blowouts. Um, and then you had the first game of the set, which I want to talk about right here, which took place on Friday night. Or the Yankees won in extras. This was a 2-1 to victory by the Yankees over the Chicago Cubs in 13 innings. Um, yeah, I, you know, I always say like the Cubs are one of my favorite teams. Not, um, like if I wasn't a Yankees fan, I, I would move for the Cubs. I don't know. I've always liked them. Maybe it's because I've been a big Rizzo fan my entire life. Um, so I always enjoy when they come to town or when we go to Wrigley. That's a storied ballpark over there. Uh, but you had Luis Severino in this game going up against Wade Miley. Um, is it, is it Wade, was it Wade Miley? Is that guy still around? I just realized that. Isn't that the guy who's been around forever? With like Kansas City and shit? Semi versus Miley. Uh, you got Severino who goes six innings. Miley ends up going three. Um, we'll get to, you know... Severino's final line in just a second, but not a lot of scoring. Uh, bottom of the fourth, Glaber Torres. Um, I, I actually missed this because I was getting home from work at the time. Glaber Torres in the bottom of the first jumps first pitch, um, and he and he um, drills a solo homer to right center off of Norris, who's the second pitcher to come into the game. Uh, it's one nothing Yankees after that. 
top of the fifth, Severino surrenders a solo homer. So not good. Right after the Torres homer, he surrenders. Seve does a home run to Jason Hayward, um, which was on a tough pitch. Hayward goes the other way with it. It's tied at one. No score the rest of the way until the bottom of the 13th, where you got the ghost runner in scoring position with the Manfred rule. Um, And and who's at the plate? Of course it's going to be Jose Trevino. And Jose Trevino slaps a line drive base hit past shortstop into left field. The walk-off single. The runner comes home, and it is awesome. New York, New York's playing in the background. You hear it. It's going nuts in the stadium. Trevino's just overjoyed. And, of course, last time he hit his walk-off, it was his father's birthday. This time he hits his walk-off, it's his son's birthday. That's just an amazing, amazing, amazing uh, coincidence. Or maybe it's not. Maybe you believe in something. Like, I. that's pretty That's pretty hard to be a coincidence. Like, that's pretty cool. 2-1 to one Yankees. They win after 13 innings. Uh, yeah, the bats, just two runs on six hits, two for extra bases, eight walks, 12 strikeouts, one for 19. <laughs> a historically bad one for 19 with runners in scoring position. I mean, the two teams combined were like over, what was it like? I don't know, it was like over 50 maybe, 30, 40, 50. It was over a lot. Uh, it was like a record with runners in scoring position before the Trevino base hit. So, 1 for 19 for the Yankees, 17 uh, left on base as a team. So, yeah, it was one of the more repulsive offensive efforts that I've seen in a long time. Just countless, countless, countless amounts of failures um, in those scenarios. And, and that's that's one of the reasons I'm never confident in this off- offense come the postseason. Um, I... I you know, you had, you had a lot of chances. Uh, bottom of the second inning, Donaldson the leadoff double. Glaber, Hicks, Higashioka did nothing. Bottom of the third inning, DJ in the Trevino, by the way, walk-off. That was a pinch-hit walk-off for Higgy. He came in to pinch-hit. So, actually, it might not have been for Higgy. I don't know. Bottom of the third, uh, another chance. DJ and Judge with back-to-back singles with one out. Later, a two-out walk from Stanton to load him up. We get nothing out of that. Bottom of the eighth, Stanton and Donaldson reach base with two outs. Glaber and Hicks, uh, pretty selfish at-bats, swinging out of their shoes. They go down. Bottom of the tenth, another chance. Judge gets intentionally walked with first and second no outs. We do nothing there. Um... Bottom of the 11th, Glaber gets intentionally walked. Hicks lines out. That was the closest we got. Just missed, uh, ripping a double down the line to left field. Uh, but the third baseman catches it, makes a nice play. Uh, bottom, of, bottom of the 12th, DJ. Terrible strikeout. Terrible chasing. Uncharacteristic at bat. But then Judge, once again, is intentionally walked because they're cowards, and I hate that rule. Um... First and second, one out, but Rizzo goes down. Gallo, a terrible strikeout up in the zone. Everybody and their mothers called it. I literally called it, told my dad, all they got to do, dad, is throw it upstairs, throw it above the belt, throw a heater to him, and he can't get that with the swing. Two seconds later, boom, strike three above the belt. Gallo goes down. It's like clockwork. Um, 
but they win because Trevino gets the big hit in the end, and that's the difference with this team. Um, Severino, that was their seventh walk-off of the season. Severino, unfortunately, like Montgomery was so good that he won the featured player position. Uh, he won the featured starting pitcher spot over Sevy, but Sevy was awesome. Six innings, um, seven hits, one run, one walk, ten strikeouts, one home run allowed, 103 pitches, and a no decision. I mean, it would have been nice for him to go seven, but the pitch count wouldn't let him. Um, he kind of labored early, at least, with the pitch count. This was a game, again, I, I, I didn't see the beginning of it, but, you know, saw the highlights and I read about what I missed and he racked up five strikeouts for the first five outs which is pretty good and he ended up with ten so top of the third you know, Judge ends up making what was eventually really the, the game saving catch diving in the outfield there to save at least two runs big play by him um, but yeah Savvy was just throwing heat all night but he wasn't relying on the fastball. He was actually relying on the off-speed a lot when he was in fastball counts. Um, the slider was very crisp. The changeup was working well once again. His stuff... Sevy's stuff looks vintage. Like, it looks like... he's He looks electric out there. It looks like 2017 Severino. The numbers are there to back it up, too. It's not just one of those things where the stuff is there and it's indicating that he's going to find it. He's had a good year. I mean, you look at his numbers, he's had a great season. And, I, and I'm very happy to see Severino pitch like a legitimate number two pitcher. You know, he's actually pitching. You could say he's pitched like an ace. You really can. He's pitched like an ace. Um, he's pitched better than our supposed ace. Uh, the bullpen was great. You know, if Severino was great, the bullpen was somehow even better. Seven innings pitched in this game. Seven innings to keep them in the game every single inning. Two hits allowed, no home runs, no runs, three walks, three strikeouts. Um, Castro got the seventh. He looked good. Michael King got the eighth. He looks like he's back. It's about three, maybe four outings in a row now where he's been clean. Nothing bad at all. He looks great. Clay Holmes got the ninth inning. Now he threw a 103 sinker, which is insane. But I think like an inning later, when Schmidt was in the game, they had him clocked at 101 for a changeup. They had him clocked at 101 for a changeup, and then I saw a highlight clip of Savvy throwing a 103 heater earlier. So I'm thinking like, like I know Holmes throws hard, I know Savvy throws hard, and I know Schmidt throws hard, but you're not seeing a 101 changeup ever. I think something was wrong with the 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 radar gun. On um, on Saturday night, <laughs> it just it didn't seem like that was right. Um, but yeah, I mean that was... Holmes is nasty. His ERA is now down to zero point three one, which is just <laughs> hard to fathom. He's having a historical season. Last episode, we were talking about how, like Mariano, you knew the cutter was coming, didn't matter. Schmidt, you know the sinker's coming doesn't fucking matter and you know what I was also I, I forgot to bring this up last time out it's possible for a relief pitcher to win a Cy Young uh, some some guy did it a few years ago I forget the guy's name but it happened it's happened before 
So if Clay Holmes continues this ridiculous pace, don't forget about that. Don't forget that relief pitchers can win the Cy Young. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see what happens when Chapman comes back. I cannot imagine Aaron Boone putting him, especially right away, back into the closing role. I mean, you got to keep Clay Holmes. you got to work with what's working. You know, have Chapman come back and pitch some seventh inning, seventh inning, uh, eighth inning outings. Like, And I think they said that entering the season. They said Chapman's going to see some more work this year in the earlier innings. Um, so we'll see. But Holmes has been unbelievable. Schmidt came in after that, pitched the 10th, pitched the 11th, gave the Yankees some length, got out of two jams. I um, mean, got the double play, and he had a very efficient 12 pitch pitch count in, in two total innings. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Peralta went the 12th. He made a nice play, pitched well. And Ron Marinaccio, got to give him credit. In the 13th inning there, holding it down. I had no confidence. This is a guy who's, you know, a prospect. He's unpredictable. He's had some struggles so far. But his stuff looks good, and he's been pretty effective lately. So if he can turn into a weapon, that's not bad. He was very clutch. Got to give Ron, Ron Marinaccio credit there. And so the Yankees won an extras. Let's talk about the second game of the set. Uh, Going to head to break real quick. Be right back. Hey, guys. So I've noticed that only a small portion of you who watch BD4 on YouTube are actually subscribed. So if you do enjoy this podcast and maybe you want to be notified when new episodes release, I'd consider subscribing and also hitting that notification bell. This way, we can help the channel grow, and you won't miss a single episode of BD4. Alright, let's get back to it. All right, welcome back to the show. You are listening to episode 379 of BD4. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. Yeah, uh, the second game was pretty pretty fun. Um, yeah, they, they just keep on rolling. You had Montgomery versus Swarmer. Uh, Yankees win this one 8-0. Uh, Montgomery gets the win. Yankees mash, they, they mashed six, as we were saying at the top of the show, Solo home runs to get their first six runs. In the first inning, Judge mashed number 23 at the time. Um, Second inning, Stanton and Glaber go back-to-back. In the fifth inning, Trevino hits one out. Judge for his 24th of the season. And then Rizzo hits one out and makes it 6-0. Six home runs to zero runs there. Uh, Falafel picks up an RBI single later on. Judge a sack fly to wrap it up. 8 nothing. the Yankees win. I mean, <laughs> 8 runs on 11 hits, 6 of them for extra paces. Also home runs there. 1 walk, 7 strikeouts, 2 for 4 with runners in scoring position. 7 left on base as a team. Um, just awesome. They're just, they're, they're, their lineup is just... They're so persistent 
in their attack this season. It's one after another. The dominoes fall, they're going to keep falling. Like, unbelievable. And just the contributions they're getting from certain guys. Jose Trevino, the night after hitting a walk-off, goes 3-for-4, gets his fifth home run of the season to pick up another RBI. I mean, the season this man is having, the magic just... It feels like one of those magical years, man. I mean, we you know we know about the catching, the framing, um, how well he has handled the pitching staff. But look at some of the you can start looking. Peek at his offensive numbers. Peek at his offensive numbers in you know in a league where 2022 offense is down, catching has never been a good offensive hitting position. Jose Trevino's batting 309 for the New York Yankees. He's got a 356 on base percentage. He's got a 505 slugging percentage. 861 on base percentage. If you like the analytics analytics, he's got a 146 OPS plus. Um, 14 strikeouts, which gives him a 13% strikeout rate on the year, which is insane because you'll have Gallo strike out 14 times in a series. It's <laughs> like... In a four-game series. The kid has been... He's just become a storyline now. He's become a storyline. And you ride those out. You ride the storylines out. You did it with Gio Urshela. He became a storyline. Defensive defensive infielder out of nowhere. Starts hitting, you'll take it. That's exactly what you're getting from Jose Trevino. You got him for defense. He starts hitting out of nowhere. You're going to keep riding with it and see where it goes. You got a good three, four years from Gio, whatever it was. And hopefully, man, Trevino can work his way onto this team because I would love for him to be a part of a, a championship Yankees team. How how awesome would it be if he comes here and and like the just y- y- this team has the perfect blend. It feels like it right now. They've got the perfect blend of superstars, role players, solid veterans, right? You got guys like Trevino, guys like Matt Carpenter off the bench. You got the edgy guy like Donaldson. You got the respected clubhouse leader like Anthony Rizzo. You got your Aaron Judges, your Giancarlo Stans, right? You got the quiet guy like DJ. You got your pitching staff, Garrett Cole's the alpha. Like, you got your good combination of guys, it's just a very good blend. It's what you want to see from a team that's trying to win a World Series championship. And the Yankees of the past, yeah, they had Brett Gardner, but it didn't feel like they had those missing pieces, right? They missed, they didn't have that edge that we've always been talking about. They didn't have production from the catching position. Their pitching staff wasn't as good as it is right now. They've got guys who throw 100. They've got guys who throw 89. And they're still both pitching just as great as each other because this team just clicks. They're clicking right now. Um, kind of ran out the window there. That was just supposed to be about Trevino. Um, Judge went two for three. Three RBIs, two more home runs. Stanton rips. I mean, boy, did he rip the shit out of that home run. 120 miles an hour right off the pole in the spring sign in left field. Hit it so hard it bounced back over the deck and back onto the field. Um, I mean, come on. Like, are we sure that the balls are deadened still? Are we sure that they did not rejuice the balls? Because you have that happen. You had Glaber Torres pop one up, which looked like a, a right field blooper, ends up being a 400 plus foot home run. Look at that replay if you don't know what I'm talking about. Trevino's batting 310 out here. Judges Barry Bonds. Carpenter's hitting bombs every time he steps up to the foot. Like, are we sure the ball's not juiced again? 
it's crazy. Glaber goes two for four. Um, what else in this game? IKF goes two for four. Hicks and Gallo both hitless. I feel bad for Swarmer. Swarmer is a you know, young kid in the Bronx, national TV, two pitch pitcher. As soon as I saw that, uh, you know, two pitch pitcher who relies on his slider first and his fastball, which is not really fast. I go to my brother. Oh, they're going to eat this guy up. This is going to be an offensive onslaught. And it literally was six home runs unanswered. I mean, (laughs) it was amazing. Uh, And for the Yankees, pitching-wise, Montgomery just turns in another, another excellent performance this year. Um, I, I can't complain about anything Montgomery's done. I mean, I've always called him a solid pitcher. A solid number four, a solid number five. Like he's been just like the rest of the guys, number one, number two type this year. He went seven innings, gave up no runs, five strikeouts, no walks, five hits. All of them were singles, and he only threw 96 pitches, but that was his highest once again of the season. Um, and his ERA has now dipped from 335 to 270 in his last five starts, which is awesome. Yeah, he upped his season high in pitches again. That's good to see. You know, giving Boone seems to be giving him a little more leeway. Um, you know, especially this was a blowout. So, comes out the game, is able to finish seven innings, and shows a lot of passion there, pounding his fist into his glove, screaming the Severino scream. Trevino's screaming too. It was a cool moment. Um, but But good for Montgomery. Mixed up his pitch mix and... It looked good out there. A lot of soft contact. And, and you know, meanwhile, the Yankees were just ripping the ball every time they made contact. The bullpen held it down two innings uh, for Marinaccio and Licky combined. No runs. Marinaccio thrown the eighth. Uh, one walk, but no runs, two strikeouts. Again, is he becoming a potential weapon? We, we will see. Uh, Italian kid from Tom's River, New Jersey. I would not hate that. You know, Licky, um through the ninth. Uh, no runs allowed. He's kind of found himself again after an abysmal start to the season. He's had a, a number of uh, scoreless outings lately, knock on wood. Uh, and yeah, the Yankees just continue to roll. They win that one 8 nothing, three in a row. Turns into four in a row um, after today, which was just, it was a football game, uh, at least for the Yankees. Uh, the Cubs were not able to muster up anything but two safeties. Um, and we'll get to game three, uh, which took place Sunday afternoon when we get back from our uh, break here. Stay with us. So BD4 is on so many platforms to listen to. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud. You can listen to us on Spotify. You can find us on our sponsor, Anchor, and many other listening platforms as well, wherever you get your podcasts. But we are also available to watch on YouTube. So if you want to watch us on YouTube, go subscribe there. But if you prefer to listen to us, again, many, many, many listening platforms. Just be sure to subscribe, download, give us a rating, a review, comment, share the podcast. 
and all that fun stuff. This is BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. You're listening to episode 379 of the podcast. Welcome to BD4. Let's talk game three. Let's talk Sunday's game. <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ. Tyone versus Thompson. You had no Glaber Torres in this game. Uh, stomach issues. He's all right. No Jose Trevino. Uh, Aaron Boone calling it a, quote, a little back thing. Just It always cracks me up, just the way he words certain injuries to make it sound less significant than it is. Hopefully it's nothing. They say it's nothing. Um, they, they said both were available today if they needed them. Uh, but yeah, so with that, it was like a double scratch lineup. You kept looking up, they changed the lineup. Um, but Jesus Christ, did the Yankees not need them today? I mean, I I don't know. 18 runs is 18 runs. I mean, the Yankees are very good. They're very good, and we'll, of course, talk about that throughout the show. But, like, we've been, but, like, the Cubs are... They're they're not good. Um, they're what you call bad. And oh my gosh, it's like they might have an Orioles 2021 season this year. I I only know a few players on the team. Like I know Ian Happ. I know Jonathan VR from the Orioles back when he played with them. I know um, obviously Wilson Contreras. Um, and I don't know that I know anything anybody else like legitimately know much about them um yeah they're pretty bad top of the first inning Ian Happ hits a solo homer off Tyone right away the Yankees are down one nothing I look at my brother we don't even react I I just looked at him like we're gonna win this game it's like a we both knew like we both looked at each other like who gives a shit because the Yankees are gonna win this game and they did And, and they answered right back in the bottom of the first, you had Matt Carpenter drawing a bases loaded walk. IKF and Gallo each double. That excuse me makes it five to one Yankees after one inning. Um, this game took forever because of how the Cubs were just terrified to pitch to the Yankees, and they kept nibbling every pitcher they threw out there. Nibble, nibble, nibble. Um, the best pitcher they had who threw strikes was their position player who got rocked for a bit. Um, but yeah, bottom of the second, Matt Carpenter, another RBI. He hits a bomb, making it eight to one. Um, bottom of the third, Higgy gets on the board for his first home run of the season. Uh, IKF is now the lone Yankee. I think tied with Marwin with zero Stanton doubles in the inning. It's 10 to one Yankees after the bottom of the third. Cubs score in the 4th and 5th. Who really cares? Bottom of the 6th. Matt Carpenter's second home run of the freaking game. 12-3 Yankees. Cubs score once more in the 7th. Again, who cares? Bottom of the 7th. Rizzo. Stanton. Back-to-back base hits. Carpenter a double. IKF a single. You look up. It's 17-4. 8th inning. The add-on when Higgy picks up his second home run of the game belts the shit out of a 30 mile an hour fastball pitch from a position player 18 to 4 it's funny because a few innings earlier after Higgy's first home run of the game I go to him and I go 
usually when Higi- Higashioka hits home runs, he does it in 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 bulk, and he's had a lot of two home run games in his career. And my brother looks at me, he's like, "Shut the hell up!" Like, he, like he didn't say that, but he, you could tell by the facial expression, he just laughed, and he's like, "Yeah." And he does it. And I'm telling you, I got to look back at his career, but I feel like he's had a few. Now, he's had a few two-homer games. Um, I'm pretty sure. But yeah, the offense was just unfreaking believable 18 runs on 17 hits, which will help the old average. Eight extra base hits, seven walks, seven strikeouts, which was also impressive. Um, 10 for 16. 10 for 16, guys. 10 for 16 with runners in scoring position, which is, let's see. That's like 600. 625. <laughs> Just six left on base as a team. I mean, uh, Aaron Judge is unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. He goes three for six in this game. Let off again today. Judge in the leadoff spot, man. It's uh, it's weird. It's a little ridiculous. Um, it's very new age, a little too new age for me, but it's working and I like it. <laughs> it, it it's, it's so egregious that I really, I'm kind of digging it. And if DJ LeMayu is going to continue to be very bleh, which he's been now for two seasons, going on two seasons, why not? Why not just get weird at this point? And why not start the game off with a fucking bomb? Like, why not? Uh, judge this series was... He just continues to be absurd. Um, he has another series now, two series in a row, where he goes six for 13. Uh, four singles, two home runs, three RBIs, three strikeouts, two walks, 12 total bases for Aaron Judge this series in which he played all three games. Um, <laughs> and you remember, he's doing all of this as an every freaking day center fielder. Do you know how much tax that is on the body? Hopefully that's not something that comes back to hurt him long term, which is why not just because Hicks and Gallo suck out there, we need another outfielder. It is to keep Judge off his feet as much as we can um, to stay healthy for us long term in the postseason and down the stretch of the regular season. But right now it's fun. It's working and it's fun. I mean, his season stats are insane. Um, he's got a, I looked it up, he, and this was before today's game. So this does not include today's game. But if you're an OPS plus guy, Aaron Judge's OPS plus, which if you're not, 100 is league average, and it's OPS factored with like ballpark. His OPS plus on the year is 205. 205 OPS plus. And again, that was before he went two or three for six in today's game. That is absurd. <laughs> Hold on one second. I got to make this text. It's insane, man, and I, I just, it's Bonds-like. It is it is Barry Bonds-like. You know, we made the Miggy Cabrera comparison last episode. Miggy's never hit 60-plus bombs, and Judge, it, it's looking like as long as he stays healthy, he's got a shot to. He's definitely got a shot to. <laughs> um, Anthony Rizzo also had a good series. Now, Rizzo, unlike Judge was not a feature position player of the series, as Aaron Judge just was, and we showed his stats there on the screen if you're watching. Um, but Rizzo had, uh, continues to be solid. He was 2-for-6, uh, an RBI in there, 
Listen, man, he, he's bounced back to me. He's he's we're in the midst of bouncing back. The run production is still there. Got the RBIs. The power is there. He's got the homers. The clutch hitting is there. He's got the late and close stats. I feel like clutch stats. Um, you know, the batting average isn't there, and that's okay right now. It, it should go up. I hope that it goes up, and I think it will. Um, but in June, in 11 June games, uh, he is batting 262 with 12 homers. I'm sorry, 12 RBIs and four homers. So I, I think he's good now. He got he's he had a really 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 bad May, uh, but he's bounced back and, he, and he's looked a lot better. He's been very clutch this month, and um, I like the way he's swinging the bat. Giancarlo Stanton goes two for four today. Also walked twice. Double, three RBIs to lead the team. Um, 877 OPS on the season. 13 home runs on the year. 40 RBIs. Not bad for a guy who missed about 10 games. DJ LeMayu goes one for three. Couple of walks to lead the team. He continues to look a little better since coming back from the wrist injury. Matt Carpenter. <laughs> we didn't even bring up Matt Carpenter. Dude. Three for four, two home runs, a double, one walk, seven RBIs. And, like, speaking of feel-good stories, I mean, shit. This guy was, you know, he chose to opt out of his Texas tenure because he didn't want to play in the minors for them longer. And he goes to the Yankees. And, I mean, shit. He, uh, is this not the perfect veteran lefty for this squad? Like, that, that swing is so effortless. It's... Excuse me. It's perfectly crafted for Yankee Stadium, um, and it's and he's been hitting bombs out to the short porch. It's such a cool story to have a guy like Matt Carpenter, respected vet, storied career with, with the Cardinals. And my uncle is a big Cardinals fan. Hates the Yankees, so I like giving him crap about that. Um, but yeah, you look at his numbers now, dude. Matt Carpenter. It's kind of funny. Because he's literally doubling some of Hicks and Gallo's season numbers. Or he's got more than some of their counting stats in just 10 games. He's batting 333. He's got an OPS of 1,592. 1.592 in the first 10 games as a Yankee. Six home runs, which is more than Hicks. Um, 13 RBIs, which is, I think, as many as Hicks and Gallo. I don't know. i got to check. But... <laughs> It's crazy, and he's doing all of this in just 10 games. Every time he steps up to the plate, he hits a bomb. He's got the mustache going on. He's got the no batting gloves. It's just, it looks perfect. Um, But let's get to our second featured position player of the series, which was IKF. I say it kind of falafel, 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 whatever. IKF. That's why I call him IKF. Um, he played all three games. He goes four for 11. Three singles, a double, four RBIs, no walks, one strikeout, five total bases. Um, he's batting 282 with runners in scoring position this season. He's been hitting well. He's had some clutch moments. He was two for five in this game. A double, three RBIs to lead the team with Stanton. He's starting to hit again. He's starting to hit again. I know he's always been a streaky hitter. That was the thing on him as he entered. Um, as he came to the Yankees, you heard that he was going to be a streaky hitter. But, you know... The numbers are bad. They're they're always going to be bad with light hitters. Um, that's why they're called light hitters. But for like for the expectation, I, th- I think it's not that different than what we were expecting. The only thing I can really critique him on is his shortstop has not been great. 
Um, so he needs to improve there, especially as a light hitter. We talked about this last episode, but his hitting, uh, there's reason to believe he can kind of be like a Torres type. I made that comparison earlier, like a Ronald Torres punch and Judy hitter going to hit you singles in the clutch and maybe he'll find his way to 280 at the end of the year. You know, I don't think that's too crazy to think about to, to predict. But yeah, I think IKF has been solid lately. Um, so, he, you know, he had a good series. He wins the, the second feature position player spot. Um, Higashioka, three for five, two homers, two RBIs. First two homers of the season today. Gallo goes one for three, a couple of walks to lead the team with DJ and Stanton and a couple of RBIs in there. Uh, Matt Carpenter had seven RBIs in the day today. Seven RBI game for Carpenter. Uh, Marwin goes 0 for 5. Only Yankee to not do anything at the plate. Um, and on the flip side, Tyone. Five innings, seven hits, one home run, three runs, one walk, five strikeouts, 95 pitches thrown, and the win. He's now 7-1 with a 2.93 ERA on the year. Um, I, I know he's struggling lately, though. Is it something? I don't know. Uh, to me, I just think it's a little bit of regression back to the mean because he did get the ERA all the way down to 2.30. So maybe it's just you know, the baseball gods kind of market correcting him. Um, but his fastball hasn't looked great lately. Kind of went away from it last start. Today he went back to it, but it didn't look great. Um, had a few good curveballs in there, but overall... Very mediocre outing, but not the worst in the world. And um, next time he pitches, it's going to be against Toronto, um, who's a tough lineup, but he has pitched well against them this year. I do recall at least two starts against Toronto this year from Tyone, where he's allowed two runs and then one run, and he went like five and a third and then six. So he's pitched pretty well um, against them. But yeah, I'm not worried about this little... Two-game rough patch for him. It's not the worst in the world. Um, yeah, man. The Yankee Bats have been freaking on fire. They are now third in runs scored in baseball. First in OPS by a decent amount. First in home runs by a decent amount. They are third in walks in ninth. Ninth in the MLB in batting average. I think it's 250, which is sad, but that's where we are today with baseball. Um... Anybody else who I didn't mention? Labor Torres sat the game. Um, but he's having a good year now. He's, he's having a bounce back season. He's batting 253. So that keeps going up. Um, his OPS is getting there. It's 793. His OPS plus, if you're into that, is 125, which is the second highest in his career. 12 home runs so far this season. The power is back, 28 RBIs. In his last 43 games since April 21st, he's batting 278-864. In his last 43 games. Looks good. Going the other way a ton. And that's what you'll want to see from Glaber. And when he pulls it, he pulls it for a homer most of the time. And when he goes the other way, bloop singles, home runs. And he's looking good at uh, second base. So... The Yankees just continue to play excellent baseball. Remarkable. Uh, I was kind of telling my uncle the other day at a family event. Uh, like, I'm just trying to take it day by day. 
I'm trying to have more of a an optimistic approach to this team. You know, I'm trying not to think too much about down the line, down the line, and just live every day as it is and enjoy it. But at the same time, it's hard not to look ahead somewhat. And I'm looking ahead, and, you know, we have a tough schedule pretty much the rest of the month. Um, and a couple series ago, I said, um, you know, I want the Yankees to go 14-5 and five against the Twins, Cubs, Rays for two series, Houston Astros, and Toronto. And then I will buy in. All right, so, so this was a few series ago. Before the Twins series, I think I made a post on Facebook saying... The Yankees have Minnesota, Chicago, Tampa Bay Rays for two series, Houston, and then a Toronto series. And if they can go 14-5 and five after those games, then I will buy into that special term that people are using. Then I will buy into the Yankees. Right now, they're in the midst of that stretch, and they are 5-1 and one so far. So a lot to go. Five and one is not a bad start. Um, they won the Twins series, two out of three, check. They swept the Cubs, three out of three, check. So they have two series against the Rays. So six games against the Rays coming up um, from now to the end of the month. A four game set against the Astros from now to the end of the month, and then a three game set against the Jays. So. If they can find a way to go 14-5 and five in the midst of this stretch, that's super impressive because that, that's more than 700. So that's kind of being spoiled to ask them to do that. But if they want to be called special, they got to do some special shit, and that would be special. So I will buy in. I, it's, really the, it's, it's mainly the Astros series that I'm really interested in. Now, it's at Yankee Stadium, but it's a four-game set. So I want to see what happens there. Um... But, you know, on the on the topic of right now, we've got the Tampa Bay Rays coming up. I don't know what the matchup is for Tuesday. I know it's Cole for the Yankees. Uh, I do know that McClanahan is pitching on Wednesday, I believe, unless they change it. But Tuesday night will be their next game. They are off tomorrow on a Monday. It's going well. It's going well, and I cannot complain. Um, so that's it. Let's let's get to our NYYMYK MMA question of the day, and we'll just wrap it up from there. All right, let's get to it. All right, welcome back to the show. You're listening to episode 379 of BD4. We're going to wrap it up here with our NYY, NYK, MMA question of the day for episode 379. So, before Friday night, the Yankees and Cubs last clashed in May of 2017. And that game also went into extras. How many innings did it go? Alright, before Friday night, the Yankees and Cubs last clashed. In May of 2017. And that game also went into extras. How many innings did it go? Alright, so let me know the answer. Wherever you can reach me on. If you get the answer correct. 
I will give you a shout out in the next episode. Um, if you message me and you get the answer incorrect, I'll at least let you know what the answer is in the next show. All right, so one last time, our NYY, NYK, MMA question of the day for episode 379 is, before Friday night, the Yankees and Cubs last clashed in May of 2017. And that game also went into extras. How many innings did it go? Alright guys, thank you for tuning in. I think we're going to wrap it up from here. I'm your host RJ Carbone. You're listening to episode 379 of BD4. Don't forget to download this episode on Apple Podcasts and give us a 5 star rating and review because we are currently a 5 star podcast and would like to keep it that way. And if you want to watch us on YouTube or Spotify, do that. Just be sure to subscribe, download, like it, and share it. Guys, that's it. Thank you so much for tuning in and I'll see you in the next one. All right. Ciao. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. It's the best way to make a podcast. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm.